We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers. For all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker, I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me on what is, for me, the evening of Halloween. Prime spooky time. I am sitting next to a Michael Myers bust. Bust meaning like shoulders and chest type thing. That is currently looking out the window upon anybody who comes to my front porch uh, in search of candy, which they will receive. It's also sitting right next to the uh, 1978 Halloween pumpkin that you see in the introduction. I have a very good recreation of that. And they're both just sitting just a few feet to my right, staring at everybody who comes up to get candy. That's how I roll. That's how we roll here. So... Sorry, I paused because I heard a random like knock on the window, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, the wife is, is holding down the candy front while I'm recording this, but I'm sure I will have all sorts of distractions while I am attempting to record this podcast just based on the fact that there are children coming to my window. But it is what it is. Speaking of distractions or scares, I guess you could say. Maybe offenses will be slightly more afraid. See, that's a segue right there. So bad. Um, maybe offenses will be more slightly more afraid of the 49ers now that they have traded for Washington Commanders. Y'all, you guys already know what I think about every time I say the word commander. Please, commander, you are our last hope. You know, a little... Galaxy Quest, if you have not seen Galaxy Quest, I highly, highly recommend it. It is so freaking funny and hilarious and one of just my absolute favorite flicks. I'm in this moment also becoming a, a, a hater of Kaiser Permanente for this incredibly intrusive advertisement that keeps popping up on the bottom of my pro football reference statistical page for one, none other than none other than chase young defensive end slash line. 
out of Washington. Sorry, I'm just finding ways to distract myself, but I'm getting real pissed at Kaiser Permanente right now. So, yes, the 49ers have traded for Washington defensive end Chase Young, the former number two overall pick. What year was he drafted? 2021? 2020, excuse me, 2020. Uh, huge moves, huge moves. The former defensive rookie of the year is now headed to the 49ers in exchange for a compensatory third round pick, the same type of third round pick that they used on tight end Cameron Latu, uh, used on kicker Jake Moody, you know, right in that same area, bottom of the third round. Interesting, interesting move. Definitely not a uh, not a not paying a high price. You're talking about a late third, um, the very last picks to come in the third round. Like the 49ers, this last draft had like 99, 101, and 102. Um, so it'll be one of those. I think the 49. I think it's one of three third round picks. The latter is the one that is expected to be traded. The 49ers will still have their own third round pick, which will probably be towards the back third of the third round. And then they're also expected to get a third round pick for the signing of Mike McGlinchey. So it's not a high price to pay for the 49ers. It seems like a very commonsensical move. Most of Chase Young's contract has been paid for by the commanders. I believe the 49ers owe here, oh, will owe him for half a season somewhere in the vicinity of $600,000. So it really is uh, pennies on the dollar for the 49ers who have the NFL's most salary cap space in preparation for what's going to be coming uh, next offseason when they really have to start paying attention to uh, who's getting what money. Um, at that price, it's hard to lose the trade. It's hard to have it be frowned upon. You know, you're talking about a third round comp pick, less than a million dollar salary um, for a very, very, very talented edge rusher. Over the past few years, though, um, past couple years has struggled as he recovered from a torn ACL that he suffered in the middle of 2021. Um, in his 2020 season, he had seven and a half sacks, um, 10 tackles for loss and 12 quarterback hits. That is the year that he won defensive play, uh, rookie of the year. In the following year, he only played nine games before tearing his ACL. Um, but in those nine games, he only had one and a half sacks. So he was already struggling to reproduce the form he had as a rookie. Only played in three games and started two games in 2022. Uh, didn't have a sack to show for that, but um, you know his arrow currently is pointed up because this season in seven games he had five sacks. So Chase Young comes to the 49ers as their um, their current sack leader. Five sacks, seven games that would lead the 49ers. Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, and Drake Jackson. More on him later. Um, all are tied with three sacks. So instantly the 49ers have added a pass rusher that in terms of accomplishments, statistical accomplishments, is already the best um, pass rusher on the team. Uh, Chase Young also has, sorry, heard my door opening again. Chase Young also has uh, is sixth in the NFL per next-gen stats, NFL's next-gen stats. He's sixth in the NFL in total pressures. One pressure behind Nick Bosa, who is at 41. Young is at 40. And uh, so you're bringing in somebody who's very, 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 very capable of uh, affecting the quarterback. You're upgrading the defense with another proven pass rusher. 
somebody that Chris Kasurik may even be able to get a little bit more out of. Uh, he's every Brit, every bit as freaky looking as Nick Bosa. Um, even in some ways, even freakier. Uh, Chase Young is like 6'5", 265 pounds. Just an absolute beast. Somebody who walks in the door um, essentially takes up most of the door from top to bottom and left to right. Now, there'd be a little space up there on the top, but you get what I mean. This dude is, an, is absolutely massive. He looks like the NFL version of the Predator with the way he lets those dreads hang down and the, the, his actual size. Just an, a freak of a man. Um, and every bit, as a, as, every bit of a freak as Nick Bosa is. Uh, so, it, it, obviously, you're, you're pairing two uh, former Ohio State bookends on your defensive line. So, you can't argue with that. Uh, I, I, I like to think that whether they would admit it or not, I think that quarterbacks are going to be sped up now that they're looking at the – they're facing the reality of stepping up to a defensive line that has Nick Bosa on one side, Chase Young on the other side, Eric Armstead, and, and Javon Hargrave in the middle. Uh, and that is no small thing. I mean, that is that is an intimidating prospect right there. And again, things haven't necessarily panned out for the 49ers defensive line. But uh, at this point, they can't really get I mean, they can. So I don't want to I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but things are obviously at a point for this 49ers defense where things are not firing on nearly as many cylinders as they thought it would when they started the season. And you know, they should feel this way about it. They should feel like it needs fixing. You've got a defensive line that is accounting for roughly 60 something million dollars in salary cap. And so far it has very little to show for it. The 49ers are um, right in the middle of the road in terms of, uh, total sacks. They're like 15, 16 sacks, maybe maybe more behind, I want to say, the Baltimore Ravens, who are in first. So, I mean, the 49ers, with this, with this defensive front, everybody and their mom, in terms of NFL coverage, felt like this 49ers defensive line was going to be the best we'd seen, and um, they would be, at the very least, top five in sacks when it comes to you know total NFL. And they're just not there. Could they bring it around? Yeah, of course they can. But right now, this 49ers defensive line is underperforming, and this is one small step towards finding a remedy for that. Now, it's not its not all sunshine and rainbows. Like we said, Young is coming off of a, uh, a torn ACL. Now, that torn ACL was two years ago, but it... It affected the good a good portion of his 2022 season as well. He just was not ready to come back. But so far this season, you seem like you're getting a player that is being productive, that is more productive than any 49ers defensive lineman that they have, and they're getting him for pennies on the dollar. So it's it's a very good move for the 49ers. It's very it's low risk, high reward. You know, I know you hear that all the time, but this is the very definition of it. They're not paying a lot. They're not giving up very much in draft capital. Uh, now, if you're bullish on third-round picks, which you shouldn't be which with what the 49ers do with them, but what I will say is the 49ers have put themselves in an interesting spot because you've got Chase Young, who is on the final year of his deal and is playing for a contract. Whether that be with the 49ers, I'm not exactly sure if the 49ers would be able to afford what Chase Young's going to demand. 
but he is playing for a new contract. He's coming into a team that has playoff and Super Bowl aspirations, despite a three-game losing skid. And he is going to be hoping that he can convince, whether it be the 49ers or some NFL team, other NFL team, to give him $20-plus million a year. And you're talking about a 49ers team that has, what, they're 5-3. and three. They've played eight games. They've got nine more to play. And what if Chase Young comes out and gets nine sacks during those nine games? doesn't mean he's getting one every game, but I'm just talking about in terms of total. Uh, there's going to be NFL teams out there willing to pay Young very good money, and that could very easily net the 49ers a third-round draft pick, compensatory pick, in the following year. So in terms of what they're giving up, it could almost be erased if Young just pans out even in the slightest. And if they don't end up giving a third and he signs a contract that's for a little bit less than what a lot of people expected, then maybe the 49ers are getting a fourth. Either way, the, the deal is just kind of paying itself back uh, in some way. Uh, so it's it, it, there's not a whole lot of risk there. The only problem is, you know, when you're thinking about the 49ers and their defensive front and the problems we've been watching them have through these last three games is, is pass rushing talent and ability the main reason that this defensive front isn't performing? And I I think that there's probably a lot of you that would say yes. There's probably a lot of you that say no. And I think that you'd probably all be right. I think it's it's not there's no one answer that would be able to diagnose why the 49ers defense is struggling. Now I say that knowing that a lot of you guys on the other end of the speaker are probably going, Oh yeah, there is Rob, Steve Wilkes. That's the one answer. You get rid of that, you're doing well. Now I don't I'm not saying Wilkes is not part of the problem. Uh you know, we'll talk we'll elaborate more on that, but It seems like a complicated problem, and it's going to require a complicated solution. And trading for somebody like Chase Young would only be one little part of that solution. You know, one one little part of that remedy. You know, because I'm looking at this defensive front, and I'm like, Nick Bosa's on this defensive line. Javon Hargrave is on this defensive line. Eric Armstead. None of these guys are performing well. So if you're going to take... Young and put him on this defensive front that is underperforming. Is Young just going to underperform just like everybody else is? Or is he going to be that additional piece that takes this unit over the edge and makes it that much harder to scheme against a scheme against? And all of a sudden these quarterback hits, I think Nick Bosa had like nine pressures against uh, the, the Bengals as they torched the 49ers. Is this going to be the piece that takes them over the edge? Because if talent is not the problem on the 49ers defensive front and Steve Wilkes has found a way to neutralize all the talent that this team has in the way he runs this defense, then you've got a much bigger, more extreme problem that trading for Chase Young was never going to solve. That being said, I am in no way saying that trading for Young is a bad thing. You can't get worse from this trade. The 49ers didn't do enough. They're not spending enough. They didn't give enough, give up enough to really regret making a move like this. But what, what it can do is put a hell of a lot more pressure on the 49ers, more specifically Steve Wilkes, defensive coordinator, to make sure that this group is producing because there's no excuse for them not to. Now, the other problem, too, is 
in whatever way Steve Wilkes runs his scheme, the ability to rush the passer is almost being negated by how quickly receivers are coming open. And that could be a scheme problem. That could be a cornerback problem. You know, not quarterback, cornerback. We really don't know for sure. But if these receivers are continue to going to continue to get open with ease at short distances and quarterbacks are going to continue to get rid of the ball in, let's say, two and a half seconds or less, just throwing out a number there, then how much can trading for somebody like Chase Young really matter? If they're just going to continue to do the same things they've done to take advantage of a group that was already talented before trading for Young. And again, just repeating myself, I don't think this is a bad move whatsoever. I think it's a great move, especially considering you know the cost they paid for it. I'm just wondering if that's really going to fix any of the problems the 49ers are having right now. And if it doesn't, you know you have a much, much more serious problem. It's kind of like fixing problems in your house, fixing problems in your car. If the 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 surface level stuff doesn't fix it, then you know you've got a much more expensive and time-consuming problem to fix. And I think that's where the 49ers are right now. If bringing in somebody like Young into the fold and then rushing for with Young, Bosa, Armstead, and Hargrave does not solve problems and does not produce results, then you've either got four players that have all decided to be washed simultaneously or you've got a scheme problem that has and has to be fixed in that moment. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And like I mentioned earlier, if anything, trading for Young puts a ton of heat on Wilkes. If this unit continues to struggle with that much talent, then after what they did last year, like it's not just like, we think this unit should be good, but they're not. Maybe they're not really good. Maybe the player, you know, that that can't be the case after what we've seen this group do that has only gotten better. So this move puts a lot of pressure on Wilkes to figure his shit out. And I'm not saying he's the only thing at fault when it comes to this. Kyle Shanahan said in his Monday press conference that for the first time and maybe forever, don't, don't. Is that frozen for the first time? No, what is that? What is that? I just could hear everybody sing it. For the first time. Okay, what is this? Yes, it is. It is frozen. Gosh, freaking frozen. Kyle said, I think he might have actually said for the first time in forever, or at least he made it seem like for the first time in forever, he saw a 49ers defense that just looked gassed and slow. 
And that's concerning because if there's anything the 49ers defense, if there if there's one thing the 49ers defense has been known for in all this time, it's just speed. Linebackers that can move sideline to sideline with ease. Linebackers that can cover downfield with relatively ease. Safeties that can come that can cover and can come fly up and make plays. And defensive ends that can get around you with quickness and get to, you know everything about this defensive speed. Kyle Shanahan turned on the tape and tape the tape and saw nothing but a lack thereof of speed. Then we're talking about other concerns. Sounds like this bye week was perfectly timed. Uh, another report I can't remember who it was reported reported by, which is sloppy of me. I should tighten that up. Was um, Commanders coaches? It was reported that Commanders coaches felt. Young was kind of, at this point in his career, going rogue. He was undisciplined. He was freelancing. He was doing everything he could to make a play outside of what he was required to do in the scheme, which can be infuriating for, for defensive coordinators, especially when what they're, with the flair that they're adding contributes to the reason any one play didn't work. You know, if Young is freelancing, which you would think is never a good thing, and he's actually creating plays, then whatever, people can figure it out. But if he's freelancing and it's the reason they're getting beat in some instances, then that's not good. That's not good. But he's going into a very established group, just kind of the same things we said about Randy Gregory. Young is going into a very established group with a very established defensive line coach with a very established defensive line roster that really isn't going to tolerate a whole lot of shit from a new guy. These guys have been at it for a while. They've got big aspirations. They know they're underperforming, though. So I'm assuming somebody like Young walking in the door is a welcome sight for this group, and maybe it's the one piece they need to just push them a little more over the top. Now, the one person that may not be Happy to see Young walking in the door is Drake Jackson, who the 49ers selected with the second-round pick a couple years ago. At the start of the season, we all thought that this might be Drake Jackson's come-out year exactly when the 49ers needed him opposite Nick Bosa. I mean, in that first game, he had three sacks, and everybody was like, oh, my goodness, here we go. This is exactly what the 49ers needed. Unfortunately, he's done almost nothing since then. He had three sacks against Pittsburgh, none against the Rams, none against the Giants, none against the Cardinals, didn't play against Dallas, none against Cleveland. In one, two, three, four games, he had a combined four, he had had four tackles combined, meaning three of which were assists, two tackles for loss, and no quarterback hits since his three sacks. So we're probably looking at the end of the Drake Jackson era in San Francisco. I'm assuming he's going to be he's going to start being inactive more often. I believe he was inactive against the Vikings and the Bengals. Let me see if I can bring that up fast enough. 49ers inactives. Let's just let's just let's just get our Google on right here and now. Um No, he wasn't he wasn't inactive against the Bengals, but he never walked onto the field. Didn't play a snap. So that I mean, is that 
an even bigger indictment? I guess not because you're still being chosen on, uh, you know, to be on the roster, but they have no log statistics for Jackson against the Bengals or the Vikings. So this looks like it might be it for Jackson. Um, who, like I said, with young stepping in, is Jackson even going to be active? Uh, given the other defensive line that they've got to have ready to roll it at other parts of that group. I don't know. I don't know, but this certainly doesn't, doesn't bode well for him. There's no way around that whatsoever. This is not a good sign for, for Drake Jackson. Um, and again, I mean, my, my overall take, my overall feelings on it was that this was a good move. And if this move doesn't produce pretty immediate results, given it's the bye week, and then you know they're not playing until next Sunday against the Jaguars. If this move doesn't produce fairly immediate results, then I won't be surprised if you see some pretty significant changes. If you can't produce pressure and you can't get after the quarterback and you can't produce good defensive results with a front of Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Eric Armstead, and Javon Hargrave, I know I'm saying that again for like the third time, then then you have bigger problems. And Kyle Shanahan needs to fix them incredibly quickly in the best way he can if he wants this team to go into the postseason. Because even in spite of this three-game losing losing streak, this team internally in that locker room and in that coaching staff is a team that has nothing but Super Bowl aspirations. And maybe this three-game losing streak ends up being a huge smack in the face and sparks a huge turnaround for the 49ers moving forward, who have a pretty challenging schedule moving forward, or this is just the beginning of some weird end in which the 2023 49ers, despite their unbelievably talented roster, just could not figure it out. We'll see. We'll see. But to sum it up, the 49ers traded a 2023 third round. I guess it's going to be 2024 by then, right? 2023 slash 24 third round compensatory pick for Washington defensive end Chase Young. They're going to owe him about $600,000 a season, which is very little. Less than Brock Purdy's getting paid, which is not a lot. And they're going to have nine games plus any play possible playoff games to determine, uh, I mean, Young's impact. I don't necessarily think that the 49ers consider Chase Young as somebody who, who could re-sign with them next year. It very well could be the case. I just, the 49ers are going to be up against the salary cap, but maybe the 49ers f- decide to cut ties with a couple of expensive players and clear up additional cap space that could give them uh, the ability to sign somebody like Chase Young and keep him around. Um, But like I said, Young is also playing for any team that would be willing to offer him a contract. And the 49ers know the better Young plays, the higher the compensatory pick will be that they get back. Uh, That voice crack is included in the compensatory pick formula. Okay, it actually adds a little bit more to the pot, to uh, sweetens the pot with just a, a little bit of voice cracks. So short and sweet pot. I, I didn't want to drag it on for long. I wanted to make sure I got on here and gave you my reaction to the 49ers trading for Chase Young. And let's hope that this uh, sparks a, a new era, if you will, for the 49ers defense. One that reflects what we were thinking we were going to see at the start of this 
start of the the season, one that it felt like we were seeing in the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins comes along and just eviscerates all hopes and dreams of the 49ers. Uh, and Joe Burrow comes right back along and does the same. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how this works out. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the second and third order ripple effects are from a move like this. Um, if it Because if it doesn't solve problems, then I think you're looking at the 49ers realizing that there are bigger problems than than adding somebody like Young could solve. And that's when things will get, uh, will get spicy. So... Um, I appreciate everybody for listening to Striking Gold. If you'd like to give us just a little bit more support, whatever app you're on, jump on iTunes, uh, leave us a five-star review, put something in the comments. Um, but only if you want to. Again, you're, old, you're already showing your ultimate form of support by listening, downloading, subscribing, all that good stuff. And um, I think the next time I'll be on here I'll, I'll, will probably be Sunday evening. I mean, I, I think on Sunday, maybe I'll put out a... Uh, a tweet asking for any questions that they would like that you would like to be included in the mailbag. We'll do a little mailbag to start off the week. Um, that at the same time frame, you know, that you would normally be getting a striking gold pot in your feed. Um, so for now, that's it. That's all I got. Chase Young is on the 49ers now. Let's see if the 49ers defensive front can sack the quarterback. I'm going into my game show mode. Appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Um, but for another episode, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And we're signing out. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.